0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia.
1: And now let's join our guest speaker. But God will make a way. Happy Mother's Day! Um, this is not necessarily a particular Mother's Day message, but it is for the mothers. <laughs> and you got the word, so you good. It, the word is good no matter what day it is. <laughs> if it's a good word, uh, we're going to start in Isaiah 43. Uh, what we're going to do is look at two examples of God making a way. And we're going to glean you from these two examples a little bit. And then we're going to end back in Isaiah 43. Uh, Isaiah 43, starting at verse 16, it says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way. <laughs> and you go further down, it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. How unconventional is that, right? (laughs) When you see rivers in the desert. That's not something that happened. And so what he's saying is, I can do the impossible. I will make a road in the wilderness. I don't know if some of you, I mean, most of you are native. I wouldn't say native of Lynchburg, but I've been in Lynchburg a while, and I take, normally when I go to work, I take the bypass into Amherst to go to work. And um, I think I was here when they were still working on that. I never went that way, but I was—I don't know how long it's been. Yeah, because yeah, they were building that loop that starts at 460. I remember that a little bit. But when you see a road being built, it looks like it's just being built in the the wilderness, right? It's like, how in the world, why are they, this is like, how do they, how do they make this happen, you know? <laughs> But it takes years, right? It takes years of work and planning and uh, probably thousands of people to come together and make that happen. And God is saying he can do that for your life. What may look like it would take years to build and come together, what looked like it would be impossible for one individual to do, God God says, I can do that for you. I can make a road in the wilderness and I can make rivers in the desert. I can do the impossible. 2 uh, Kings, we look at 2 Kings chapter 4, four verses 1 uh, through 7. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha. So her husband, so this is a certain woman. She was a wife, uh, her husband, and it says, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. So this is the prophet that worked with Elijah. So Elisha would have known this gentleman uh, because he was one of the prophets that worked on the Elisha. And so the wife of that prophet who had passed says, you know, your servant is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. He was a man of God. And it says now that, and the creditors are coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So obviously, at some point that prophet or man of God had taken out some loans or whatever, and now that he's passed, the creditors are saying, hey, you owe us. And because you don't have these funds, we're going to take your children, and they're going to work off this debt. They're going to be our slaves. And isn't it just like a mother to be so concerned about her children? (laughs) She was willing to do whatever it took. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Isn't that something that what we may consider to be nothing, God can use? What we've written off as, well, I only have this little bit, God's saying I can use that. And so the man of God says God is going to do a miracle, uh, but he wants us to offer what we have. God can actually create something out of nothing. He created the world that way. Yet, very often, if we read the scriptures, he requires something of us first. He wants to know what you got. What do you have in your house? Uh, God wants us to exercise our faith to participate in the work that he's going to do. So when Elisha asked, tell me what you have in your house, he wanted to know what are you bringing to the table? Uh, Verse 3 says, Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere and from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and then pour it in. Pour in. Pour it into all the vessels and set it aside. Set aside the full ones. So you're saying you're going to take. You're going to go borrow as many empty vessels as you can, and use this little bit of oil that you said I have nothing but this little bit of oil. And you're going to begin to pour it into these pour it into these empty vessels until all of them are full. This is a faith. This is faith in action you believe that this is the word of God, then she must act in obedience. If she believed that, she must act in obedience. In fact, both her sons were involved in carrying out what the man of God had told her to do. It wasn't just her. She had her children with her as well. And they had to go. And I can imagine they were looking at maybe a small valve of oil. It doesn't say how big it was. but Let's, let's say that it was like a 12-liter can or something of oil that size. And they were going to get all these empty vessels. And I can imagine thinking, there's no way that this oil is going to fill all that up. And at some point, maybe they even got discouraged and never did say, but they followed They followed what the man of God told her to do. Told her, yeah, they followed that. And they were faithful in that, and they showed that it wasn't just, hearing the word but they were going to be doers of that word as well and follow through with what the Lord had told them to do Uh, very often we pray for a situation to change we want God to solve our problem but we are not willing to do as God says (laughs) through the word we receive certain instructions some things we need to do or change but we are unwilling to obey that and therefore fail to experience the miracle that God has planned for us we cannot believe or we are unwilling to do as we are told. I came across this example: uh, an escalator that was broke down. There was these people, uh, group of people on the escalator, and the escalator broke down. And so they stood there on the escalator, calling and yelling for help. Now, if you know anything about an escalator, <laughs> is you look foolish calling and yelling for help, saying, "Hey, hey, come help! This escalator is messed up. We need someone to fix it so we can go." up to the top. Well, <laughs> why are you calling and yelling for help? All you do, <laughs> a broken escalator is just like steps, right? <laughs> you just need to walk up the steps. Uh, but so many times we're unwilling to do our part. We just want to call and yell for help. And God is saying, hey, the escalator is broke. Just go ahead and walk up the steps. Uh, that requires us to do some work. And so many times we, we're we not willing to do what he's told us to do. We just want to yell and say, The escalator (laughs) is broke. But that looks foolish, right? (laughs) If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's Matthew 17 and 20. Nothing will be impossible. Just a small grain of a mustard seed. That's all you need. And all she needed was that small little bit of oil she had. And with God, it was going to become much. Notice she had just a little small jar, and God used it to solve her big problem. The little we have, if we trust him and offer it to him, God will use it. So mothers, don't disqualify what your job is and don't say, I don't really have anything to give. What, you, what little you have can make a big impact in this world. It can change the world. Uh, verse five. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her. So the sons were going out and asking the neighbors for these vessels, and I can imagine the neighbors would be wondering, "What are they going to do with this?" But hey, I got some empty vessels. Go ahead and take them. Um, and who brought the vessels to her? And she poured it out. She poured out the oil. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, "Bring me another vessel." And I'm sure she just kept pouring. And I'm I'm sure they're looking in amazement at what was going on in her hands. This is a, you know, I have to get my mind wrapped around this because, again, this is an act of faith. But, you know, sometimes it's easy for God to do it and you know he did it with his hands because you know it was God's hands that did it. And you are removed from that situation and you saw that you know that God did it. But it's another thing for him to be working in the midst of you pouring. Because she was pouring. It wasn't God pouring. It wasn't the man of God pouring. It wasn't some miraculous spirit that came in and poured it and filled up the vessels. She was pouring that small valve of oil into all these vessels. And I'm sure in her mind she was wondering, how is how can this be? How is this happening that with what I have, what little I have, is making so much. That is the miracle (laughs) that God can use what little we have, and he can bless it in our hands, not in somebody else's hands, in our hands. We can do that. He can use us with what we have to make much. Mothers, he can use what you have, what little you think you have. He can bless it and make much. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live off the rest. Now this is the (laughs) the good thing about God is that he gives you more than enough. Now it could have been just enough to pay off the debt, but it was enough to pay off the debt, and then she could live off the rest. That's God, right? He's just not giving me what I need. He's giving me more than what I need. Uh, look how God blessed them. They trusted God and he helped them not only to pay their debts but more. You and your sons can live off the what's left. We do not know how much this is, but at the end of the day, they had more than what they asked for. And that's how God, God knows what we need before we need it, and he knows how much we need. And maybe he knew that in, there were going to be some, some needs that came up ahead of time, that they were going to need that for, and so he gave them more than enough. This reminded me of um, the two fish and five loaves of bread when he fed the five thousand with that, and then they had leftovers. <laughs> How can you start out with two fish and five loaves of bread feed five thousand and have leftovers? Only God can take what your little bit you have and bless that and make more than enough. So don't never never think that what you have is insignificant. What you're doing at home is insignificant. As a mother, as a stay-at-home mom, or even if you work and you feel like you're not doing enough, what little you have is not insignificant in God's hands. Let's look at Mark 5. we am going to look at another example of God making a way out of no way, because God will make a way. Mark 5, 25 through 34. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and he had suffered many things from many uh, from many physicians. So she toiled with this. She suffered. She went to the doctor, and they, they made her suffer even more sometimes. Uh, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came to him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She believed that touching the hem of his garment would make her whole. She put her faith in action by pressing towards him in that crowd. So that's, she was putting her faith in action. It wasn't just oh, if I really could get there to touch his him, then I would be made whole. But I'm going to sit back in my misery and do nothing. She put it in action. She moved forward. Immediately the fountain of of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. In verse 30 says, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, of course, the disciples were thinking, All these people around, surely you're not worried about somebody touching your clothes. But this was not just a regular touch, this was a touch that intimately affected Jesus. He felt something leave him. Uh, but the disciples said, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, to her daughter, your your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your afflictions. Again, God will make a way. So this woman, again, putting her faith into action, having dealing with this issue for 12 years, having been inflicted, and, and, uh, inflicted by pain from doctors and, and suffering from this issue for 12 year, long years, now her faith is saying, hey, just go and touch him. You will be made whole. And she does just that. And that's what happens. God sees where her faith is and meets her there and makes a way when what seemingly seemed like there was no way out. I'm sure at year two or three, she may have given up. Four or five, she has exhausted uh, her funds and continued to seek help. Eight, nine, she's still going through the same issue. Year 12, she hears about this Jesus and said, all right. I've had enough. <laughs> I've dealt with this for way too long. Now I need to do something. I can't, I've, I've, I've exhausted my resources. Now I'm going to seek Jesus. There's a couple of things you can glean from both these stories. Uh, is uh, The first thing I want you to glean is ask God. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. Ask, and that, that is ask. Ask, seek, not A-S-K, right? That's ask. It's all ask. Ask God. You can't ask enough. <laughs> uh, ask God. Psalms eighty-five, eighty-six, 86 and 5 in the Amplified Version says, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive our trespasses, sending them away, letting them go completely and forever. And you abundantly in mercy and loving kindness to all those who call upon you. He wants you to call upon him. And he wants you to do that. And he's telling you, I've forgiven you. And I've thrown out all the other stuff that you think you did that disqualifies you from coming to me. He's letting you know that. And so come to me. Ask. Call upon me and I will be there. I am abundant in mercy and loving kindness. And I want you to call upon me so I can meet your needs. Ask. The second thing I want you to do is have faith to do what God tells you to do. Again, that mustard seed faith, willing to do what is impossible. The faith may be to just utilize your resources that you have. If he tells you to use your resources. Your faith may be just to have faith in what you desire and want, and you think how he's going to meet that need, just as the woman of the issue of blood. Uh, 2 Kings 5, 1-14, there was a commander in the army of Aram called Naaman. And it said, Go wash in the Jordan several times, and your flesh shall be restored, because he was a leper and he will be clean. And he got upset because he felt like that was too simple. <laughs> His uh the men around him said, Hey, if he had told you to go wash into this great uh river, wouldn't you not have done it? And so now, why don't you do what the man of God tells you to do? If he tells you to uh put Water into wine. Put water in these uh, wine skins and fill these jars with water, and he was going to make it into wine. That's what you do. <laughs> if Jesus says that he's going to bring Lazarus. Your brother is not dead; that he's sleeping. Then he's going to bring him back to life. <laughs> if he says, "Give me the five fish, uh, the five loaves and two fish, that bad lunch," and he's going to feed the five thousand, then that's what he's going to do. Whatever he's told you to do, have faith in that. That God will see it through. Because what little you have, if you mix it with what God will do, He will make a way. Ask God, have faith, watch God make a way. If you have faith as a mustard seed, like I said before, He can do the impossible. And I know there may be some impossible things that you may have on your mind that you want God to do within your family, for your children, maybe your grandchildren. Maybe your unforeseen children and future grandchildren uh, you may be praying for them. There are some things that you may want God to do. and He's saying that he can do that. Uh, let's go back to, um, we're going to end in Isaiah 43. where we started. Isaiah 43, um, look at verse 1. It says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he formed and he and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. It's important to note here that he says when and not if. He says when you pass through the waters. So if you haven't passed through the waters yet, just wait. You will. (laughs) If you haven't seen the river trying to overflow you, just wait. You will. And if you haven't come against the fire as in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, just wait. You will. But trust and know that God is with you and it will not overtake you and the fire will not burn you. And I will go as far to say, you won't even smell like smoke. (laughs) just like Shadrach and Meshach Meshach and Abednego. You coming out smelling like roses when you've been in the fire. Isn't that God? Isn't that God? When you know you've been through some things, When you know you didn't deserve the roses that you smell like. (laughs) But God is with you. He says, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then it goes down again to verse 16. He says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, and a path through the mighty waters, who bring forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together and they shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. God will make a way. God will make a way. I want you. God will make a way. <laughs> when it comes, when you're headed home and you get a call, God will make a way. When your children don't act right, God will make a way. When again grandchildren don't act right, God will make a way. When sister and brother, God will make a way. When the situation looks impossible, God will make a way. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434 847 we pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.